Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. Do you, do you remember Fear Factor? Did you ever watch that? Uh-huh. Yeah. I just, I can't believe they got only attractive fit people for that show. Like, they only got sexy people for that show. And it's, like, just dawning on me. I don't, I don't even know that, like, I feel like I only remember the tasks. I have no idea what any of the people look like. Oh, my God. They were all just, like super fit super attractive people because like they would always like have to do water challenges so they'd like take off their shirts as like a big reveal to be like oh look at their abs and tits and shit oh i have a body under here oh look at my body oh my god i just broke the audio so bad yelling that perfect (laughs) look at my body my body she wants me for my body (laughs) I miss him. I miss my son. Oh, my God. Somebody was messaging us today. um, And I'm only saying somebody so that I do not name them in case they don't want to be named. They're very nice. I've talked to them before. And they were like, is it it okay that I'm messaging you about Animorphs? I know you guys have moved on. And I'm like, I have never moved on. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, sorry. It just reminded me of that. Yeah, I I love Axe so much. I do, too. Oh, my God. I was reading um, Lindsay Ellis's new book, um, which is, like, a adult sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about, like, first contact. This, like, woman who makes first contact with an alien that comes to Earth. I was so disappointed in it. Because I think I was expecting, like, anamorph levels of, like, nonsensical alien that comes down and is like what is all your weird human shit what the fuck is this and it wasn't that and i was i that's bullshit i just if if first contact isn't like just the most buck wild shit i don't it i don't know yeah And, and like it was so serious I'm like, Gross. you're Lindsay Ellis. Like, you are funny. Like, you're, you're, she has kind of a dry humor, but she's funny. And, like, your book is not funny. <laughs> and that's so weird to me. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I, like, I don't, I just, I, Animorphs is just so good. It's just such a good, like, human versus alien story and i feel like i don't have to read any more like nothing is gonna top that for me (laughs) oh my like right though like it's just so good and i think i was just thinking about this like recently because like sometimes i just sit there and think about animorphs Mm -hmm. and 
what one of the coolest things is that immediately from the get-go you're dealing with aliens and first contact but it's not a first contact that's like a clean break like most like sci-fi things are it's like oh you meet this one alien it's like here you meet a good alien he dies and then only evil aliens for a very long time mm-hmm. of multiple varieties and it's like that's such a fucking wild concept in sci-fi that like you immediately meet an alien and it's not the story about humans versus aliens or like if the aliens are good or bad and we'll get along with them. It's like, by the way, your species is just another species in a long line of other alien species and there's a war on your planet and that's just happenstance for you. This is not really about first contact, even though you did just do this like monumental thing. Yeah. It's just wild. And then you find out later, it's like not even first contact. This happens all the fucking time. (laughs) They've been coming here for years. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, Alfanger already has, like, a kid here, and also there's... Uh, spoilers for animals. Wait, no! <laughs> Listen, if they're coming here for Applegram Book Club and not Animorphs, I will eat my hat. They're so- Look at Animorphs Anonymous! Spoilers for Animorphs! <laughs> What the fuck was that? <laughs> like, there's just some person who's like, I've never read Animorphs, but I really like these Endling books. I'm going to find this. Which, like, maybe, if so, like, write us. I would love to hear about that. But, like, I'm oh my god, most of the people who listen to this podcast have read all of Animorphs. <laughs> or at least listened to all of our summaries. Spoilers for Animorphs. <laughs> I can hear the audio crackling in my own ears. <laughs> Spoilers for Animorphs. <laughs> sorry. Oh, never be sorry. I don't even know what I was saying. <laughs> it's so far gone from my mind. Oh. oh, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Animorphs is great. Go read it if you haven't. If, you, if you're here in Apple Grant Book Club, fucking four years after we started making this fucking <laughs> podcast, spoilers for Animorphs. <laughs> oh my god. I I truly hope, I think this would be a successful podcast if we actually get somebody that's here for Endling and is like... I would love that. I would love that so much. Oh, it would be so good. Somebody coming in like, I just really am a fan of Endling. I just, I don't, I don't know how to find Endling fans. Like, they're children, so. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, I'll tell you what what I've been doing. Um, Whenever my friend's kids have a birthday, I buy them an Apple game book. (gasps) That's great. (laughs) I stack the deck. (laughs) Here, have some hard truths, kids. Yeah. uh, Like, I really feel like, I mean, not that I think my my friends are, like, necessarily bad parents, but (laughs) necessarily. I'm really, I, please, please, no friends of mine that have children listen to this podcast. (laughs) I feel like I just disparaged you so hard. Oh, no. Um. No, like, not that I think they're bad parents or anything, but, like, I very much give them, like, these books, like, yeah, man, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna change the way you see everything. And, like, <laughs> that's not my place. Oh. I don't have children. It's fine. But, 
it's like my underground way to like be like these kids they're gonna be fucking cool when they grow up they're gonna vote they're gonna believe in human rights they're gonna love everybody equally no matter who they love or what they're into or anything because they're gonna read it all in these fucking books yep uh anyways yeah so i give my friends kids books it's great that is great yeah so endling is going in the rotation for sure fuck yeah they're just such good books man they're so good they are and we we finished another one we're two-thirds of the way through (gasps) okay I have two things. One of them is a short anecdote, and the other one is I need to talk to you about Endling before we actually talk about Endling. Okay, I'm ready. The first anecdote is uh, that Tim has started reading Endling. <gasps> Yay! Well, finished. He's he's past us at this point. Oh. But I will just get random messages from him, and all they ever say is, stupid kid's book making me cry. Aww. And it's just about Endling every time. That's great. So I love that. I know, I love that. Oh. Um, can I can I go off for a minute? Yeah, ab- please. The floor Ooh. is yours. <laughs> Spoilers for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck gave Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant the fucking right to write an entire book in which they reference another fucking book that is happening, but don't actually write that book? And instead, just write this book and are like, God damn it, Gax. Gax! I am making a point, Gax! <laughs> Scream at Bird! He is, he is screaming at me. I might move him if he doesn't stop. Oh. Hang on, let me throw a pen at him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. Anyways. They wrote, they wrote this entire book. And then, sorry, he, d- I'm he doesn't to want stop. you to say it. I'm putting him in a cage. Okay, I know what I'm about to say. I'm not going to lose this one. Okay, I promise. Did you just wrap him in a blanket? That sounds so adorable. <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. Aww. Okay. All right. All right. So, literally in this book, there is a whole other fantasy book that happens Mm -hmm. that is just referenced Mm -hmm. and like the fact that Catherine and michael are like oh yeah endling our trilogy it's done we're off on other adventures writing willow dean and other books and like i'm sorry no the fuck you're not come back here and give me the entire story about what happened to kara and renzo and gambler and like how fucking dare you <laughs> i i i agree i agree <laughs> like she just comes back and it's like oh yeah by the way this happened and it's like no 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 <laughs> yeah that's exactly right no 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 it's like it's like she wrote the lord of the rings but then said mm, that was kind of long we're just going to follow frodo and not the entire fucking gondor battle or rohan it's like how how dare you uh-huh. yep. do this to me? <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> true. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And like, right now it's like, 
oh, Alex, we are not summarizing the book and you're already spoiling it. No, I'm not. She didn't write this. Yeah. This wasn't in the book. This was all the shit that happened outside of the story that we don't know anything about. Oh my God. It's... Uh... I was... I... Did you see it coming, though? Did you see this end coming? Mm, I wasn't sure where it was going to end, actually. Like, I I was having such a hard time figuring out where this book was going to go. And... Yeah. And, and now I don't know. The way that it ended threw me for such a loop. Mm-hmm. I... I had no idea. I was totally bought in to the end narrative and then it got flipped on me and I was I was baff I was like I was Bix in that moment like what the fuck? How the fuck? Where it what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but like but they they did it again. They were like they made you believe something's gonna happen and then they were like, Nope. Just kidding. Just turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it, it's wild. I They have no right to be this good at writing. I'm like... I'm honestly... I'm not... I don't want to say anything I'm going to regret later. And I don't want to seem ungrateful or anything. But like, I'm not sure I loved how it shook out yeah yeah tell me everything i mean should i say it now or should i wait until after we i sum it up? i could do i could do either i could do either i kind of want to talk about it now because okay. i'm so interested i don't want to like wait for like an hour and a half to find out okay okay so she finds the darren colony yeah. And when she first gets there, she's like, oh my god, this is amazing. And like, oh my god, there's other Darrens. I'm not the end. Like, this is awesome. And blah, blah, blah. And they, like, don't share her enthusiasm. Not at all. Which I loved. I loved right. that. But then I was kind of expecting more of a, like, because I think we were predicting that, like, she would get to the Darren colony and they would be like, Kind of like the Andalites, where it's kind of like they're set up to be a certain way, but then when you actually see them and like get to know them, it's like, oh, actually, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like we really got that. It was just kind of like, okay, she helped them out, and now they have pledged allegiance to her and Kara, and that was easy, kind of. And I... It- was super easy yeah and i i think i just wanted more from it like it just i mean that's fair we spent two whole books almost leading up to it and like it was really the big the big deal the big reveal was when she gets on the island and she meets maxin and guy who dies and like that that's really that's a big moment for her and she's like oh my god and so, like, meeting the second Darren colony is, like, you've already you've already established that there are other Darrens. So it's not right. going to be as impactful as that first time. But 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I mean, I can, I can see it. I can, I, I can definitely see what you're saying. I had a bit of a different reaction to it. Okay. And mine totally came from all of the conversations we had about how much Maxon sucks. Mm. Because at like at this point, she gets to the Darren colony and she sees and like, you know, again, it's like, oh, great. I'm like, not the endling. There's hope for my species. But it's absolutely this barrier of like, I am not one of them. Like, this is a pathetic group of people. Mm-hmm. Like, not entirely, but like, wow, this is this is just people. This is like, Bix has become something greater like, this is the change. This is you walk a little taller. You're a leader. You're a planner. And Tobble is your family. And, like, they're rude to Tobble. And they're they're terrible people. Like, they're just normal people. They're not, like, evil or anything. But, yeah. like, they're just normal. They're disappointing. They kind of suck. And, like, then, you know, Bix saves them all. And, like, yeah, they, they pledge their, their allegiance to fucking Kara. But, like... They're just people. Like, they just kind of suck. They're not a great species. They're just another species. And Bix happens to be a great one of these species, even though she doesn't quite believe it yet. And, like, getting to that village, there was all this other shit that happened, too. Like, the all the drama with the pack horses mm-hmm. and, like, barely making it there. And, like, Bix has just gone on this crazy journey to find this group of people that's like, there's a boat and we're all going to die in a few days. And there's nothing we can do about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I feel like in my mind, I I love that so much because they suck. And, like, <laughs> I just, I love that, like, Bix goes on this amazing journey expecting to find more of Darren's like herself. And they're just people. Like, they're just normal fucking disappointing people. Like, I that's, I don't know. I, I love that. Like, I latched onto that. I was like, this is great. But yeah, like the mission itself of getting them on her side is, it happened too easily. But I also don't believe that they're on her side yet. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. So that was my reaction. Other than the one, the one, Darren, the pretty oh, one. Oh, Glenn Lee? Glenn, yes, Glenn Love Lee. Love her. I, t- I absolutely think that that's going to be a, a Cora thing at the end of the book. Goodbye, Maxon. Oh, I hope so. I had the same thought. I, I was... Yeah. <laughs> I'm way more invested in Glimly, who has, like, two lines, than I am in fucking Maxon. Ship him hard. <laughs> it's like Renzo all over again. Two Maxine's lines. Maxon's Mako. Like... Get out of here, man. Fucking... Nobody likes you. Yeah, nobody likes you, Maxon. Oh. We know who we ship Bix with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we had the same reaction. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, I I really enjoyed. I mean, and we're not even at the end of the book, but I enjoyed this ending. So we are we are slightly at odds, but I totally I can see where you're coming from and I totally appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I I do like that. Yeah, like you pointed out, like there she builds them up to be this big thing and it turns out they're just people and that's fine. Like they're there's nothing special about them. She's not really one of them, but she is. But like, yeah, I, I do like that. But yeah, I don't know. The other thing about these books is that, you know, going back to the book within a book thing, mm-hmm. is that I kind of wish these were longer. 
Like, I wish, like, there's so much of this world that they do a very good job of, like, touching on and giving as much, like, impact and meaning to it as possible with, like, the limited amount of, like, time and page space that they have. But, like, I just want, I want a bigger, I want more expansion on so many things. And, like, I want, I want, like, a Terramet Chronicles. (laughs) Like, I want spinoff books of this. And I don't know if that's even in the cards. Because, like, there's so much that we don't have yet. And we're two-thirds of the way through. Like, we haven't even met the Khazar yet. I would love to meet that fucker. There, I mean... An entire fucking overthrow of Nadara happened off fucking yeah. camera. Yeah. The series, not not that it should like this is Bix's tale about the Endling, blah blah blah, but um, that is the trilogy. And then we, why? Where's the book about the overthrowing of Nadara? Mm-hmm. The multi-species, multi-families, multi classes coming together to overthrow and bring this this nobody basically into power and i don't i don't get that that happens off screen what the fuck i mean i'm assuming that like first chapter of the next book is just gonna be like kara telling bix exactly how she accomplished this but yeah i agree (laughs) like Ah! Like, I'm trying to hire you to write me another book, Catherine. Yeah, Catherine. Catherine, where <laughs> is my other book, Catherine? God, do this to like, me. <laughs> like, you've told us the tale of Edling, and that's very important, and I love that. We should absolutely have that following Bix to the end of the journey, but I'm sorry, we should also be getting another series out of this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it's not on my bookshelf yet. <laughs> it's so, not on my so bookshelf, and I would like it to be. So get to it, writing. Yeah. Get to writing. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> you have one year to accomplish this. I've, I will not say another word on this podcast. We are going to sit in silence until it's done. Our arms crossed like petulant children. Our... Yes. I, with a very dour expression. Yes. I shall be cross all day. I shall be cross all day. <laughs> I've said it is the best, Miss Nova. And if you do not give me the next book, I shall be cross all day. <laughs> say it is the best. <laughs> There you go, X-Men nerds. Yep. That's for you. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I just can't believe we did another one. Another book? Yeah, we, we did it. Another we, one. We did. We did do it. I can't believe that we only have three more episodes left of Endling before we're on to something else. Oh, that's right, because the next book's only three parts. I know. Oh my god, they're gonna be so long. <laughs> they're not. It's the shortest book. Yeah, it's true. It's just gonna Why? be like a big fucking battle. And that's oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. Ah, uh, this world is so big, and we only get a tiny sliver of it, and that frustrates me. Like, yeah. How can you like? 
Like I just, I not to once again take this back into non-Apple Grant territory, but like I just keep thinking about the whole Lee Bardos, like the Six of Crows, the Grisha Chronicles, blah, blah, blah. Why don't we have one of those from Catherine and Michael? Like why don't we have, like a oh, multi- by the way, this is in the same world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Multi-perspective sort of situation. That would be so good. Yeah, like why don't we have that? I don't know. Like, is this just the disrespect because they do, like, (laughs) YA novels? And so they're like, we can't do this, like, fantasy book format for YA novels because children or something? Like, what is this? I don't... I don't know. Maybe they don't like it. But, well, isn't Frontlines written from multi-perspective? Um, Frontline, yeah, like, that's, like, character switches throughout the books. But, okay. like, Frontlines is not a YA series. Okay, yeah, okay. Like, at all. Sure. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, uh, mm, eh. I have no answers. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have any answers either, and I'm, I'm just mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well. Like, I, if I were in book publishing, I feel like there's some authors that, like, and I feel like they do this sometimes, where, like, if you get super popular, it's like you just throw it out there and you're like, okay, you have free reign. Like, take it away. Go write, like, kind of whatever. Like, clamoring for more books. And I feel like that would be the perfect thing to do with them. Just be like, okay, listen. We're not going to give you a prompt. We're not going to give you an age. We're not going to give you whatever. The two of you go and, like, write a book. And if it becomes three books, awesome. If it becomes, like, a whole fucking world that you build with lore and everything, awesome. Like, just go write whatever. Like, total free reign. Hmm. Do it. And I feel like they would hate that. I I was about to say, like, if that were me, I would hate that. I was like, give me some restrictions, damn it. I need structure. Give me parameters to work with. Yeah, them. But yeah. I'd be like, no, no, no. I want to see, like, I want you to just, like, publish what you think is going to be, like, the best work, like, working together. Like, whatever you want. I want to see what comes out of that total free reign, but, like, the two of them collaborating on something. Like, yeah. What would come out of it? Because I feel like, it, like, with no restrictions of, like, YA or not YA and, like, Scholastic, not Scholastic, like, with none of those restrictions... I would just love to see what the fuck they came up with. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the switches would be like, like we already see it now. Like we're reading a kid's book and then something like super adult will happen or a really graphic death or like something. And it's yeah. like, we're always like, wow, that's amazing. Like I love this stretch, but like to give them the ability to stretch to the full elasticity ends of that spectrum oh, God. would be wild. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Uh, how sick can you get? Yeah, I'm sorry. I feel like I've just ranted for like <laughs> half an hour. It's all good. That's why we have this podcast. I guess that's true. I guess this is just the wild rantings of our minds. Yep. Yelling about a book. Oh, so good. Well, I guess now that we've talked about this forever, should we <laughs> Should we talk it? about it? <laughs> <laughs> Should no, we, we talk about, about it some more? Yeah. Let's end it. 38 minutes, the shortest podcast ever. Wee! <laughs> uh.
Uh, all right. I will. I will summarize this book. Perfect. Or this part of this book, not the whole book. We've already done that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So. It is a cold, chilly, misty morning. Bix is not ready for this shit. Um, She's double-checking her pack, and then Gambler comes over, and he looks really sad, and he tells her he regrets not being able to accompany her despite his earlier promise, which is something that I pointed out last time, so thank you for addressing that. Um, But Bix is like, it's okay, Kara needs you. Um, But secretly, she desperately wishes that Gambler could come with them, not for his strength, but also for his personality. You're not mm-hmm. just you're not just a body. You have a personality, a beautiful heart. <laughs> um, he tells her to trust her instincts and that she is wiser than she knows. Um, and then Bix talks a little bit about the horses that the Donatis gave them. I don't know if you want to chime in here about these horses. They seem really pretty. They just sounded like gorgeous, like Andalusian ponies somehow. Yeah, they seem absolute seemed, mythical ponies. They seem like super. Let's see. A lilac roan with a flowing white mane and long feathered hair on his fetlocks. Like, what the fuck? Oh, no, sorry. Those are two different horses. But yeah, they sounded amazing. They sound incredible. Like, they are, these are fantasy horses. These are not like, yeah. oh, this one's probably blah, blah, blah. Like, these are fantasy, like, Lord of the Rings ass elvish horses. Yeah, because usually you would, just for kind of like utility horses, you would just get like... Here's a bay. Yep. <laughs> Here's a gray. Like, it's, that's it. <laughs> yep. Um, it's a brown horse. <laughs> <laughs> but no, these horses have beautiful, sparkly pony colors and names. Um, Bix's horse is named Havoc. And <laughs> Renzo really loves that name because he comes over to crack jokes. Um and then he gets very serious and he says he would go with them if it weren't for Kara. And Tobble tells Renzo to take care of her and Renzo whispers with his life. <laughs> Tears in his eyes oh, with his life. He loves her so much. He loves her so, so much. So goddamn much. <sighs> um, Bix is like, oh shit, he's crying. That's weird. Um, but he walks away and Kara takes his place and Bix doesn't know what to say to her. So Tobble kind of chimes in with a famous Wabic saying, I wish you fair winds and following seas. Um, and Bix kind of goes through her pouch and she looks at her various treasures from her old life, like the map she drew and the little like toy Darren that she has. And finally she pulls out a small rock with words carved on it. Like those, those rocks that you get at like patina. Peace, <laughs> love, laugh. Harmony. <laughs> yes. Oh, That's God. all I can fucking picture. <laughs> That um, is exactly what I pictured as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking uh, Darren, like, middle-aged housewife, waspy woman I, rocks. I got this at the oh. Darren New Age store. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> there, that happens. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> we're so good at summarizing books after four years yeah that happens anyways no i'm i am kidding you were excellent and wonderful nah you are you are truly um so bix has a rock it says xyle renaris which means in truth lies strength um and they 
are both crying, both her and Kara. Um, Kara's like, I can't take this rock. And Bix puts on a brave face for her friends. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's caught up with me. I can't take this rock. It's like, it's because it's a, like, it is a momentous thing, right? Because it's like one of the few remaining items of Bix's old life. But at the same time, it's a fucking rock, okay? It's not even a magic rock. It's just like a regular ass fucking rock. <laughs> she just like wrote on it with chalk. Yeah, like sharp, like Darren Sharpie. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fucking rock, man. Thanks. Thanks for the rock. I can't, I can't take your Harmony rock. I mean, you can. They're like $5 at the store. No big. Remember me always with my Harmony rock. How did they get the words on the rock anyway? I don't know. Thergy. Magic, dang it. It's magic, It's man. magic. That's what they call the lasers they use to engrave the rock. They said it was magic. Oh, you're what right. It's probably lasers. Voice? Oh, of course. Of course. It's the lasers. The fantasy lasers that are in the book. Yes. <laughs> they have lightsabers now. Um. Oh, of course. Uh... So she gives I'm her the rock. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> she gives her the rock. Um, and Bix is like, just hold on to this until we meet again. We'll have wonderful stories to tell each other. And Kara gives Havoc a nudge and Bix and company are off on their journey. Um, Bix quickly realizes Sabito's uh, value as he flies above them and guides them out of the mist and woods. <laughs> Tobias. <laughs> yep. Uh, um. In the late morning, the fog burns off, and they reach the great plains of Nadara, and behold the many crops that it bears. And there's kind of a mention of, like, the exiled families who own the crops rebelling against the Mordano because they didn't see any traffic in the past, and, like, what's going on with that? Um, but that's Kara's problem. We don't have to worry about that. And Bix has to <laughs> focus on being a leader and being responsible for her team. Um, and she... Finds herself getting, like, really cranky with all the extra stress, and she's kind of a little bossy with Tobble and Maxin, and Tobble's pretty cool about it, but Maxin is, like, not afraid to tell her that she's being annoying. Um, and Bix is like, I don't know how Kara does this every day. <laughs> um, on the fourth day, uh, Bix notices that Havoc is, like, a really chill horse, and she's like, I don't know if he's gonna obey me if we ever have to, like, run for our lives. Um... Unfortunately for them, Sabito comes down from his thermals and uh, informs them that there's a hunting party, five men on horses, and they are approaching fast. And Bix is like, oh shit, it's leader time. And uh, she asks Sabito if there's anywhere for them to hide. He says no and asks them if any of them have theurgy spells. They don't. So he says, okay, you need to outrun them or you need to face them. And Bix tells Maxon to untie the pack horses, and they kind of like spur their horses along, and the pack horses follow them, and they start running to outrun the hunters. Um, and Bix is happy that Havoc can actually get his shit together. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a perfect way to put it, too. Thank God this fucking pack horse got his shit together. I was starting to think that he was the worst horse in the world. <laughs> Because, yeah, like, in the first chapter, she's like, no, 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 it was earlier in this chapter, she was like, yeah, his name's Havoc, but he's, like, totally not crazy. He's 
like super chill and patient and not mm-hmm. anything like his name. Um. So what happens after that? Uh, they run for a while. They keep west. After a while, they slow down. And Savita reports that the hunting party headed north and were not following them. And Bix is really pleased that her first call as a leader seemed to be a good one. Um, so they ride for a while. They stop for a break. And as they're eating lunch, Bix gets out the notebook that Luca gave her. And Maxon asks her about it. And she's like, I'll keep track of the journey and and keep track of all our travels so that we can tell Kara and the others about it someday. And then she kind of winces and realizes, like, oh, shit, we might not actually ever see them again. That's really sad. Um, so then she's like, I'll also write down everything I know about Darren's. And Maxon says, like, well, I guess that's a good way to pass the time. And then he also informs her that he is useless at Darren history. Um... So they reminisce about Darren shit for a while, and they laugh and cry and trade stories and revel in each other's company, and Bix manages to fill, like, six pages of this notebook. Um, Tobble notices, and he volunteers to go find some berries and mix up some more ink for her, which is really, really nice of him. Um, after he leaves- Tobble's Max- the best. He is the best! He's so supportive and great! A, yeah. tin- a tiny king. A tiny- Honestly, pledge. I would pledge everything's Tobble before anybody else in this series. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna draw Tobble fan art, which I say every episode, but I need to actually do it. Oh, do it. Do it. I will. Do it. Okay. <laughs> um. After Tobble leaves, uh, Maxon is like, "What's up with that guy? He seems really distracted. Maybe he's like afraid of what lies ahead." And Bix is like, I don't think that's it, because he's braver than the three of us put together. Maybe he's homesick. And Maxon is like, at least he has a home to pine for. And Bix understands. Fuck off, man. I know! He's such a dick! He's such a dick! Such a dick. He's such a fucking dick. I hate this guy. I don't trust him, and I hate him. Yeah, I agree. Maxon's the worst. By far. Well, that's not true. Luca was the worst guy. <laughs> but Maxon's Maxon's there. But like but they were so good at setting up Luca as being like the shady character and we immediately didn't like him and then we had reason not to like him. So the fact that we don't like Maxon is like I think we're right. Yeah, I I bl- like I to my detriment trust my gut so completely on characters that like I don't know. Yeah. Max is not going to be good. I know because I don't think he's going to be good, and I'm pretty sure I'm right. Oh, I have a theory about the end. Okay, uh, tell me, tell uh, me the theory. So like, like they get him back at the end, but then like, I think at that point, like we don't know what happened to him except that he got beat the fuck up. But like, he probably pledged his service to the Mardano or something, and now he's spying on them from the inside. Oh my god, he's gonna pull a Hunger Games. What do you mean? Like, remember when uh, the bread guy got taken by the other guys and they oh! like, beat the shit out of him and he became evil? Yeah, they like implanted some sort of evil device in his- Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, kinda, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like me. I, I vaguely remember this happening, and I feel like it might be a similar circumstance, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think, I think, I, yeah, I think he's playing 
a game. He's playing a dangerous game. Hang on, but 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 Darren's consent lies. Yeah. So like, he oh. just has to believe he's telling the truth. Oh man, I don't like. They this. use Thurgy to implant ideas in his head, send him back in, oh. spy on the inside. Alex. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Oh you're oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh my God! I mean, they eliminate the the Darrens in quotations because and, they couldn't handle the truth, and now that the Darrens are back, they have to have a contingency plan. And maybe, maybe the guy, the 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 scholar guy, the one that betrayed Kara, skin skin. Oh, that's what he was researching. Yeah, how to, how to, yeah, and he's the one who did the thing. Fuck. Oh my god. Fuck. Fuck. Okay. Fuck. This is the working theory. Maybe that has something to do with why they captured uh, Luca as well, because they didn't want him talking in court about what that guy was working on. Oh. Oh. Fuck. Fuck. Oh no, what have we done? I don't know what we've done, but like I think we wrote a really compelling book. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Yeah, I kind of do too. Like I I hope at the very least I hope that there is like a a whole like evil thurgy spell thing happening to make Maxon a traitor either against or not against as well i don't know yeah like i just i don't think i I just don't think he's good i don't think he's gonna be a major player in a good way like i think some something's gonna happen with him yeah i totally agree i think i think you're spot on and and like we'll get to it but like when he gets captured <laughs> later i thought like okay he's dead like this is why we didn't spend any time developing him because he's dead now. But that was oh yeah, right. same. Okay. I was like, oh, that explains everything. <laughs> I was disappointed. Never mind, we'll get to it. I'm but s- yeah, I was like, oh, that explains everything. And then at the end, I was like, oh, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Okay. Sorry, oh. I didn't mean to like talk about the end of the book in the, middle of the summer at the beginning of the summary, actually. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, we've gone off the rails. Uh, We're, we've never been on the rails. At no point have we ever claimed to be on the rails during true. this podcast. That's true. They can fuck right off with their trains, bullshit. <laughs> Whoever they are. Them and their trains. Dude, Anyways. Do, 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 do. Um, okay, so <laughs> Max is a dick. And uh-huh. Bix understands what he means when he says Elise is a home to pine for. But she also realizes that it's not fair to resent others for the things that she lacks. Um, which that's another line. Why that... not? Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, continue. You were going to say something excellent and wonderful. And I do. Really <laughs> oh, no. I was, I was just pointing out that like, it seems like another line that feels like, like, I don't know, kind of a, an important learning teaching moment for the children's to be oh, like, yeah. like, just because other people have a different experience than you doesn't mean that, that you should resent them or that your feelings are invalid. 
Um, right. Yeah. I don't know. That's very important. It's a very important thing. Also, like, Vic's subtly children. being like, Maxine, you're being a dick to my friend Tobble. Which mm-hmm. maybe I'm reading into, but. <laughs> nope. That's I like. I think you are. That's like another thing that's annoying me is that, like, Bix can't overtly find any fault with Maxine. Like, the, the both of us are being like, oh, this guy's a fucking dick. Like, ah, whatever. But she's like. Right. She's like, oh my god, he's so great. And I'm just like, no. I, no. Again, like, again, it just feels like. This is like Bix wanting to like Darren so much, but like the the Darrens kind of suck though. Yeah, it feels like when you're dating a really terrible person and you can't see that they're terrible, and you mm-hmm. just want to see the good side of them, and then it takes you a while, and then finally realize like, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> like the uh, the the BoJack Horseman quote. When uh, you're wearing rose-colored glasses, red flags just look like flags. <gasps> That's amazing. Wow. I don't think right? I've ever Isn't heard that. Isn't that a great quote? That's amazing. Really? Yeah. I'm so glad I could be the one to tell you this. I need to watch that show. I haven't. I just know the quote. <laughs> That's a really good quote. Wow. Right? Damn. Yeah, I love that quote, but, okay. but hot damn. Yes. <laughs> But I think that applies here. I think she's just trying to see the best in him. And I'm just like, he's just like a shitty spare dude. He's just a guy. <laughs> we both went the exact same direction. You're so yes. He's just a spare. <laughs> he's just a dude. There's nothing special about this guy. <laughs> he's just a guy that plays guitar at parties. Everybody hates that. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like the last fucking sentence of this chapter is like, she's, he smiles at her and she's like, she still can't believe. And she's so happy that someone understands her. And it's just like, I hate this for you. Yeah. I, I hate this for Bix as well. Oh God. But yeah. Um, so then things start getting really shitty for them because there's storm and Sabino flies down and he screams, That's my joke. Hell! Um, this is how a dragon of mine. I'm so sorry. <laughs> imagine dragons. Oh my god, it's Imagine Dragons, my favorite band. Um. This hail is, like, the size of softballs. At, at least that's what I intuited. They're the size of Bix's fist, which I'm assuming is gi-fucking-gantic. Um, I'm shocked that they only got by with a graze on Max's ear. They, like, that's, like, day after tomorrow-sized hail. Yeah, like, that's, like... When they're in Japan and that guy, like... On your... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... So after the hail stops, then they get a rainstorm, and that turns the ground to just, like, fucking mud, and they have to muck through it. And then the temperature drops, and the wind picks up, and now they're freezing as well as wet. And Bixit gets out some blankets, and they are instantly soaked, and they do nothing. Um, Maxon comes up with this crazy idea to, like, tie the horses together in a circle, drape a canvas over them, and they basically made a blanket fort out of horses. Yeah, I was 
I want your I opinion on this. That. Yeah. Oh, fucking. Well, first of all, horses are prey animals. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can desensitize them to like blankets and tarps and blah, 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 blah. But like, they literally tied them like nose to their tails. They legitimately tied a rope around the horse's tail in front of them. If any one of those horses spooks, you're breaking the top of their tail. Oh, which ow. is going to like affect their spine. Like, not only is that an injury that you're in the wild, you can't treat. They don't have veterinary care. I mean, we're in like a fantasy novel. So not only all of those things, but like you're causing major back injuries. So mm-hmm. if any one of them spooks, that's one of your pack horses gone because they can't walk properly anymore. And yeah. like so they're doing that and then they're tying something that will spook them on top of them and then they're crawling under their bellies as if just because their faces are tied they can't kick the shit out of you in the middle of that blanket fort that you've created which like that's not a safe space you're hiding under a spooky thing and being a spooky thing with prey animals like (laughs) none of this scenario was good or would work (laughs) too many spooky things happening yeah, like, the whole time this was happening, I'm like, this is the dumbest fucking idea ever. They're gonna get hurt. They're gonna get killed. They're gonna break one of their horse's spines. Like, this is not working for me. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so that was my... That's my hot take. Yeah. That, yeah. I was very skeptical of all of that. Um, As you should be. And, like... One of the Darrens has to, like, stand up constantly and hold their arm up to create, like, a tent pole to stop the water from pooling into the tarp. Yeah. Which, like, okay. And, like, the horses are, like, peeing and shitting all night. And everybody's fucking miserable. And, uh, when they wake up... Uh, The weather's better, but the ground hasn't frozen yet, so they're still trudging through mud... And finally, they come across this ruined building with only two and a half walls, and they hang out there for a couple of days. Um, and they pass the time wondering what happened to their other friends and wondering if they will find more Darren's. Um, and Max is like, Tobble, do you actually like this weather? You don't seem to be complaining about it. And Tobble says the weather is very similar from where he comes from. And this time of year, they do a Warren watch where they patrol the tunnels and checks for leaks. And he mentions that he has 127 siblings. Um, and though, even though his parents tend to forgot, tend to forget their children's names, it was very warm and snuggly to have that many family members. And Bix thinks he sounds wistful and she's like, we can go to your home and visit after we're done with our search. And he's temporarily cheered up by this. Um, but then he falls back into a gloom and Bix and Max and start playing essentially the Darren version of rock, paper, scissors, um, and they they try to get him and Sabito to play, but Sabito's like, I don't play baby games. And Tobble does not have enough fingers to play. And Bix feels really bad that she did not consider that and promises to do better in the future. Um, finally, the next day, the weather is better and she orders everyone to pack up. But what she should have done was scout the surroundings and check for danger. But she didn't and she would forever regret it. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, okay. Forever. Forever and ever. I've killed my friends. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so they set off. Sabito's surveying the path for them. And after a couple of minutes, he comes by with a warning screech, and they realize they are walking right into an, an encampment of the Murdano's troops, and there are two riders approaching them on war horses. So Bix tells everybody to stay calm, and if anybody asks, they are seeking a lost diamond mine. Um, the soldiers ride up. Yes, that, as one does in the middle of as one does winter in the fantasy realm. Um, so the soldiers ride up, they demand an explanation, and Bix introduces herself and her friends, and she tells them she's a southern feel of it. And the guard's oh like, God. you look more like a dog than a cat, and she just, like, babbles some bullshit for a while, trying to buy them some time. Um, the other soldier says they need to come speak to their captain, and Bix is like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll come with you. Um, and they start following them, and Maxon is, like, whispering to her that, like, we're probably gonna get tortured, and probably killed. And our horses could definitely outrun those those war horses because they're big, but they're slow. Um, and Bix sees a forest mm-hmm. a few leagues away and she counts to three and then they make a break for it. And they do manage to outrun the soldiers, but Sabina swoops down and says that they have bows. And sure enough, like arrows are flying at them a couple seconds later. Bix almost takes one to the face. She takes a second to the back of her saddle. And finally, she hears a horse scream, and she turns around, and she sees Maxon's horse just wipe out. He goes flying off of her, and the soldiers just surround them. Uh, Bix tries to get Havoc to turn around, but he refuses, and Tobble's like, you can't help him. Like, we gotta go. And Bix just wants- <laughs> He's dead. He's super dead. <laughs> he's- Guys, he's super dead. Yeah, she watches them, and she's like- Either the horse crushed him or he's taken prisoner and I can't do anything about it. Yup. Super fucking dead. Super fucking dead, yo. Yep. And this is where we thought that's the end of him. <laughs> that's why we didn't get development. <laughs> yeah. And like, this is the moment where I was like, great. I'm glad that's over. Yep. Yep. <sighs> so... They continue to ride away, and Bix is just in this, like, weird head fog. She's like, oh god, what happened to him? Is he alive? Should I rescue him? Um, They arrive at Mirror Lake, and she calls a stop, and they all get off and eat and care for the horses. And Tobble's like, what happened to Maxon wasn't your fault. And she's like, no, it absolutely was my fault. And she has to try and save him if he's alive. Um, Sabito is like, that's a really stupid idea. You'd be heavily outnumbered and you will be killed, tortured, or imprisoned, and there are no other options. Um, Tobble agrees with him and she's like, okay, well, you two can go on, but I'll sneak back by myself. And they remind her that her duty is to Kara. She cannot go find the Darrens. Um, or they can't go find the Darrens because the Darrens will not listen to someone who's not a Darren. Um, so Bix kind of takes a minute to gather her thoughts and she's like, Sabito, can you go fly to the camp and scout and see if you can find any sign of him? Um, and he agrees and he flies off. Um, Bix and Tobble kind of wait around for him and they take care of the horses and Tobble's kind of staring at Bix and she can sense that and she finally snaps. I'm fine, Tobble. And he apologizes (laughs) and he's like, I know Maxon meant a lot to you. And when he was around we knew that you weren't the only Darren anymore. Bix realizes that she wasn't even thinking about the fact that she could go back to being an endling. Um, and what's really eating at her is the idea that she is responsible for what happened to Maxon and Kara would not have made such an error. So she's having a little pity party mm-hmm. over there. Um, yeah, she is. 
Tobble says he would trust her completely to lead them. And then he just breaks down sobbing and finally admits that he was jealous of Maxon. He was afraid he was losing Bix's friendship. And he admits that he had wished that Maxon would have just left them. But now he feels really, really bad about it. And Bix is like, oh, I thought you were just like homesick. Um, and he's like, no, like you're you and Kara and Renzo and Gambler are my family now. But he's not sure about Sabido yet. <laughs> and isn't that like exactly the same sort of shit like didn't he say the same thing about luca like i don't know about luca yet. I, somebody said that about renzo i think actually i think it was tabla i think tabla said that about renzo okay so now we know that tobias sabino is gonna be yeah a big yeah yeah uncle uncle great fuck what was the guy from from uh Uncle Jesse. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's crying and Bix hugs him and insists that no one could ever take his place. Um, Sabina comes back and reports that Maxon's horse survived. Yay. But there's no sign of Maxon and the soldiers are preparing to move camp. And Bix realizes that she has failed them. Um, and she's like feeling really bad about herself. Sabina says that, um, he lost his talent in a territorial dispute because Rorid Headcrusher miscalculated their strength and they lost many other uh, fighters. And Rorid was really upset about it, but he continued to lead them in his glorious way. And Sabido says he would follow no one else into battle, save for Kara and for Bix. Aww. He's such a sass bucket, he... but he's also a good pep talk bird man. Yeah, a great pep talk bird man. <laughs> pep talk bird man. Do, 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 do. Uh. Um, so Bix can't sleep that night. She keeps having uh, nightmares. And in the morning, she orders Sabido and Tobble to get the horses and get moving, solidifying the, the fact that they are leaving Maxon behind. They travel for a couple days and they come across the Pelago River and they use a fallen log to float them across. Um, and then they have two options. They can head up into the valley, into the source of the river, or they can head down to the sea. And um, Bix suspects that if it were up to her, if she were part of the Darren colony, she would want to get as far away from the Murdano and other humans as possible. So she tells them to head for the sea. Uh, they climb up some cliff. There's some snow. There's some wildlife, like hedgehogs and deer. Um, and there are some razor gulls. And Tobble is like, oh shit, not these fuckers again. And Sabino's like, <laughs> Sabino's like, it's cool, baby, I got this. And he flies off to meet them. He comes back 20 minutes later. And he's like, they're pretty dumb, but they might have seen other animals that look like Bix. Tobble is encouraged by this, but Bix doesn't want to get her hopes up. They continue on for a while, and then they get to this, like, really giant rock that blocks their path, and they have to go around it into the woods. Um, and Bix is just, like, talking to Tobble, and suddenly a sapling uh, branch slaps her, <laughs> like, in her face, and she falls off of her horse. Um, and she's like, oh shit, that was a trap. Like, somebody set a trap. And that's a good sign, because somebody made it to discourage the curious. Um, so they're really excited about that. And uh, they press on for the rest of the day without finding any more clues. And at nightfall, they're looking for a place to camp when Sabino flies back and tells them to turn their horses towards the water. 
So mm-hmm. they head back to the giant, the other side of the giant rock that blocked their path, and they see a ravine, and they look down into it, and they see many lights, enough lights to brighten a small village. Da 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 da! They found it! Yay! Da 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 da! They found the village. They found the secret village of the secret dance. Secret tunnel. Secret, secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. Through mountains. <laughs> um, so now they have to figure out how to get down the ravine, which seems tricky. Uh, Sabino's like, I could carry Tobble down, and Bix thinks she might be able to make it down on her glaciers, but that's definitely not the ideal solution. Um, so they decide to wait until morning to figure it out. Um, Tobble brings her some tea. They talk about how excited they are, but Bix still doesn't want to give herself false hope. And they talk about how sad they are that Maxon isn't there. And then Bix kind of brings up to Tobble that, like, okay, if there are Darrens down there, I'll probably be pretty preoccupied with them, but you should never doubt that you're my very dearest friend. Um, it's very sweet. I love it. Healthy communication, kids. <laughs> Talk to your friends about your feelings. <laughs> um, in the morning, Sabido bursts into the camp and says he found something. Uh, they follow him towards a giant rock that they had traversed around and they come across this jumble of boulders and Sabino tells them to push a very specific boulder with a tree growing out of it. And Bix is like, that sounds stupid, but they do it anyway. And it's revealed to be some sort of door on a hinge that Sabino spotted from the air and is very, very smug about. Uh, <laughs> I love him. Tobias. Tobias. Ooh, my superior bird vision. Yes. <laughs> Um, so there's a trail leading down the side of the ravine, but it is very narrow, and they're like, maybe we should leave the horses behind, but they decided that they need the horses for supplies and for a potential quick getaway. So they ride the horses down the side of the cliff. The path is barely wider than the horse, and it's so tight that Havoc is scraping his flanks against the side of the rock, and Bix and Tobble have to draw the saddlebags up and raise up their feet. So it's very, very precarious, and we don't like it. Um, I mean, I think it's fine. Have you seen the donkeys go down the Grand Canyon? That's true! Yeah. I mean, donkeys are a little more sure-footed, but... Yes. Still. (sighs) Well, I don't know. (laughs) No one knows. No one knows. Um, But they get to a gap in the path where, like, water wash like some of the rock away and it's just like this big gap and the horses are gonna have to jump that shit um they get the horses to back up about 50 yards and then bix throws havoc into a run and he he goes for it and he jumps the ravine uh one of the pack horses also makes it and the second one just misses and plunges to their death and bix once again feels this heartbreak at a loss that she could have prevented um, for children. For children. Murdering horses for children's books. <laughs> oh no! Uh, As if she like relieved that the death is going to be instantaneous. Yeah. She yeah. She's like the the only good thing is that that horse fucking ate shit immediately and died. <laughs> for kids. For kids. Oh no! Yeah. So. Dead. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It, sometimes quick, painless deaths are, I mean, 
a lot of the time, that's way better than the alternative. But yep, no death is preferable. You know. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, for kids, uh, for kids, TM, 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 TM. Uh, so they're pretty shaken up about that, and they keep moving on, and they finally reach ground level, and there's a bunch of sharpened fallen tree trunks, and there's like a gate in the center, and Sabino flies off to find somebody, like a gatekeeper, and a moment later, uh, he mentions that it was the guard, he was having his lunch inside, the gate opens, and the guard exclaims, by all the fish in the sea, you're one of us! Ta-da! Yep. Yay, we found more Darns. You found the Darns. Found the Darn colony. Angry guard. Angry guard. I was picturing like the guard angry from um, the the village that the hobbits go to. Oh my god, when they were going to the prancing pony, I thought the same fucking thing. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> That's great. What business do you have here? My business is my own. All right, young sir. I meant no offense. <laughs> and this is where we just start quoting the Lord of the Rings in its entirety. Yay! Everybody's here for that. Everybody's here for that. This is going to be three hours of Lord of the Rings quotes. You're welcome, no Dan. Visuals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan, let us recap for you line <laughs> by line. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. He, he's Bye. like thrown his headphones off at this point. <laughs> probably, Throw them to probably the he's riding his bike, <laughs> thrown his headphones to the ground, probably thrown his phone into a field. Yeah. <laughs> maybe found a kitten. Thought this kitten's way better than any of, of the Casey's and Alex's I've ever met. Pledge my life to this kitten. He takes it home with him, Aww. never to find his phone again. And that's the end. He's done talking to us. Oh my god. I like the part with the kitten, but everything else made me sad. <laughs> uh, you know, the most sad part about this is the fact that we are going to be canceling the Slater cast now. Oh, no. Because he won't talk to me. But but I drew a picture. <laughs> oh, we, we have subscribers at the $10,000 a month paywall that we've created. Oh, Absolutely. My oh, my God. People are clamoring for it. Oh, no. For that, for that tier. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do this at the end. It's not the time or the place. You're right. I'm sorry. Back into the summary of the book. That's all I've got. Okay. (laughs) Uh, what the fuck is happening? Um, I don't know. Gatekeeper Darren. He's gatekeeping. Nobody likes that. Um, she's really (laughs) excited. She's like, "Oh my god, you're a Darren. I'm also a Darren." He's like, "Yeah, I can see that. You weirdo." Um, and he lets them inside and he's, I know he's so grumbly and old and, and, and upset. I mean, what a dick. I mean, Sorry. he kind That's of has funny. reason to be grumbly, I guess. Cause their situation is not great. Um, I mean, yeah, but you still. think he could have shown a little fucking enthusiasm, a little fucking common decency, but he's just like, all right, whatever. You just went like full letter. Kenny that you think he could have shown a little fucking, fucking decency. decency. Figure it out. Like you just, I don't, I don't know what, what I like. The way you just said that, you could have shown a little consideration, a little fucking decency, you know. I wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. 
Why, why are you so fucking awkward at the gate? You're the first person they see, and you still, you can show a little fucking human decency, you know? That's great. <laughs> That's right, kids. The one accent I can do. Canadian. That's cream cheese. No. That's cream cheese. No, it, it is. It's cream cheese. Throw it. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Letter Kenny. Super soft birthday. Super soft birthday. <laughs> you don't fucks with tradition. <laughs> got a, you got some problem with Canada geese. You got some problem with me. I suggest you marinate on that. <laughs> you know what I always say? I always say there's a place in heaven for animal lovers. Don't I always just say that? <laughs> oh, Shit. She was on Heartland. Anyway. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that. <laughs> uh, I, remember, I remember that. Um, Mm -hmm. so they get inside the Darren village and it's, um, like, I don't. Filled with Darrens. There's Darrens. Top to bottom. There's fucking Darrens there. Um, I want to say like the buildings were built into the side of the ravine, but I could be making that up. Um, but yeah, the Darrens are like, oh God. I have no recollection of what they said about the village at all. Yeah. Village and there were Darren's everywhere, and there were Darren children following them in the streets as children are wont to do. In we're children, fiction. we're children, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and they're like Darren vendors selling shit in their little stalls, um, like nuts. That's a lot of nuts. <laughs> I just wanted what? to. I wanted to continue with the Kung Pao reference. That's a lot of nuts. <laughs> that's, Tell me ten bucks, that's baby. What I thought you were doing. Sorry. I like in my head. I was like, because we had said the kung pao thing. You're like, they're selling nuts, and I was like, no way. That's exactly like kung pao. But I fully believed you that they were in book selling, <laughs> selling nuts, nuts in the village. <laughs> well, that's a lot of nuts. That'll be five dollars. You want fries with that? God. Oh fuck. You go that way. I'll go home. <laughs> oh my god. So stupid. I love it. Um uh they're selling fish and the fish are bad, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um as uh, Darren's. Uh the houses look like shit and this is clearly a fishing village. Um and the old Darren leads them to the beach. And there are some fishing boats um, in the water. And there are a bunch of boats just sitting on the sand of the beach. And Tobble's like, that's weird. It's nice weather out. The boats should be out fishing. Um, And then Sabina Mm -hmm. points out two larger boats. One is a galley and one is a very large sailboat. And Bix asks the Darren about it. And he's like, those are Marsonian boats. And they've been blocking our boats from going out to sea. And they've been here for a week. Um... This is where Tobble mentions that the fish in the village looked old, and he thinks the village is being starved out. Uh, they go to another structure at the south end of the beach. It's 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 a large building that looks ancient, and the Darren's built like a tower on top of it. And the old Darren says that the elders are inside. He fucks off somewhere. Um, Bix and Tobble tie up the horses <laughs> and go inside. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, that was great. He fucks off he fucks somewhere. Off. <laughs> he just, he fucks off. I don't know. No one cares. I mean. But that's true. Like, they don't, they, there's, 
He just leaves. Yeah, he just, like, drops him off and then he goes back to his job. You're not wrong. Yeah. Nothing you've said has been wrong. <laughs> just fucks right off. Fucks right off. Uh, so they go in this building. It's dark except for a couple of candles and it's kind of creepy. There's an old female Darren with a cane who comes out the side door and she's like, the elders are in there. Get away from me. And um, Bix and Tobble go that way. And there's a circular pit with benches along the sides. And there are four Darrens sitting around it. One is knitting. One is reading a scroll. One is throwing dice against the wall. And another is fast asleep. And Bix takes a moment to take everything in. The reading Darren is an older <laughs> female. She looks up at them. And her fur is a dark black. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. It... It just occurred to me that this is the Breakfast Club. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like the one throwing dice against the wall is like Bender. Yes. He's like the bad boy. Yes. <laughs> yep, and the, the Darren with the black fur is, um... Ah, uh, fuck, Molly, is that Molly Ringwald? Molly Ringwald, yeah. Uh, no. Like the popular girl? Oh no, the... No, 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 the no, The goth no. girl? The, the, yeah, the goth girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god and the knitting one's like the nerdy kid yep oh my god <laughs> breakfast club dance <laughs> breakfast club dance hey 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 um, oh my god they walk out of the village with the boat burning in the background and just the one pumps his fist in the air don't you forget about us <laughs> i love that i love that crossover I don't, I'm sorry. It was when, as soon as you started describing it, I'm like, oh, this is the breakfast club somehow. Well, honestly, like when they, like, it's a strong visual. Like each Darren is doing kind of their own separate thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. These are the elders. Like they, they're each going to be like these really prominent characters with their own personalities. But we only like meet one of them and then another one gets a name. And then the other two are just like nothing. So because Darren sucks. Darren's suck. They're just folks. It's not like, yeah, it's not just Darren's. It's all like most people suck. Most people suck. Most things suck. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have the breakfast club. Uh, the reading Darren is an older female and she's the one with the dark black fur, which is a rare color among the Darren's. Um, and Bix introduces herself and Tobble and says they have traveled many leagues to find them. Um, and then Bix asks them to switch to the common tongue so that Tobble can join in on the conversation. And the female mm-hmm. Darren, she's so fucking mean. She's like, I don't know how much a wabbit can contribute, but he would make a fine meal. Fuck <laughs> you, you. bitch. You yeah. fucking bitch. This is where we find out. It's like, all right. Yep. Outdated ass perspective here. Okay, this is a total aside from my life, but did I send you the other day when Facebook ads served me up bitch pills? Bitch what? Bitch pills? Like, for for dogs. Oh! I. But they were called bitch pills, and it made me laugh very hard. I feel like I've seen that before. Like, I think you've mentioned it to me before. Yeah. Yeah. It made me laugh. I was like, wow, Facebook. Wow. Bitch pills. (laughs) Anyways, it, the whole Darren and then bitch pills thing, it just all came together for me. Well, this this lady, Larbrick, took her bitch pills this morning. Very rude to talk. Yeah, she fucking did. God. 
Um, yeah, her name's Larbrick. Uh, the knitting Darren is her husband, Figton. And those are the only Darrens we actually meet. Um, Bix yeah. is, like, overwhelmed by emotion, and she hugs Larbrick, and she's crying, and Larbrick is, like, hugging her back, but she's like, this bitch is weird. I don't know about this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get that. I get that. Yeah, I suppose if you're, like, surrounded by other Darrens and this other Darren's like, oh my god! I'd be initially a little weirded out. Like, that's the thing! Like, none of them are super... So, like, Bix tells them, like, I thought I was the last one. Like, can you not understand how traumatic that was for me? And they just, like, don't care. Yeah, they're like, yeah, no. I mean, we're not the last. You're not the last. It's fine. Yeah. and Get over it. And, like, I feel like Maxon and his dad were also kind of like that. Which is, I think... Oh, yeah. That's kind of another, like, reason I'm not getting great feelings about the Darrens. Because, like, I don't know. Because they're rude as shit? They're kind of rude and, and they're kind of, like, wrapped up in their own shit. Which, like... It's very reminiscent of, like, real people, but, like... Yeah. I don't know. Like, none of them can really connect with Bix on a level that, like, Tobble can. Like, Tobble has, like, the utmost, like, sympathy for her, and he's, like, always checking in on her to make sure how she's doing and giving her hope that she's not the endling, and he's, like, very, very concerned Mm -hmm. about that for her. And the dares just don't fucking care about that. Yep. It just, it reminds me of a small town, like a very small secluded town where people just like have no idea what's going on outside of the town. Oh, for sure. It's absolutely like that. Yeah. And they're like, this town, like the only thing that's important is what happens in this town. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely getting that vibe from the Pelago River colony here. Oh yeah. You are correct. Yeah. Um, so Bix starts telling them how they got there and her whole saga. Um, and as she's talking, more and more Darrens are showing up to listen. Um, and the Darrens ask her about the other Darren colonies, and she tells them that her entire family is dead, and she feared she was an endling, but she has made some very dear friends along the way. And Larbrick is like, oh, so why have you come here? Are you here to starve with the rest of us? Um... Fuck off. <laughs> right? Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's really cool and all, but we're starving. So, we don't care about your like, thing. Can you, can you imagine sitting in a village and just being like, we're running out of food tomorrow. I guess I'll just sit here and starve instead of trying to do fucking anything. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, yeah. Just blows my mind. Yeah, so they're... Yeah, the Marstanians are blocking them and are trying to take their boats and they only have a few days of food left. Um, and Bix is like, well, I've come to lead you out of your predicament. We're going to join Karasand of the Donatis and stop the war. Um, some of the younger Darrens are like, okay, cool! And the older ones are not and they're very skeptical. Larbrick says they can't just leave their home of almost 100 years to join some ambitious new human ruler. Um, and another Darren points out that the old and the young would not be able to traverse the path up the ravine. And Bix is like, well, you can't just sit here and die. And someone else is like, and they're like, yes, we can. And someone's like, it's better to be a thrall than to 
fall to her death and get eaten by a wild feel of it. Um... She's like, but feel events don't eat Darren's anymore. And then they start shouting at her like, go back where you came from and get your wild ideas out of our village. And it's so fucking frustrating. It is. And like, you're so right about it being like a small town. Yeah. No, there's stuff we can do. I've lived here for 100 years and my family's not going to leave this property now. I'm not going to get vaccinated. The government's trying to push their poisons <laughs> into our systems. This is Bill Gates and microchip. You think I'm going to let them track me wherever I go? Trying to take, no. Don't come into my village trying to take my guns away. <laughs> yeah, it feels very much like that. I think that's why I got so mad about it. I'm like... <laughs> backwards that's very fair uh very very fair very frustrating um it like it very much feels like the uh pawnee government meetings where like (laughs) fix is like here's all the good shit i'm gonna do for you guys and they're like i don't want to park in my backyard i'm a pedophile or whatever (laughs) we're not against you on this we're not against you on this. We're not against you on this. <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. Uh. Luckily, not all of these Darren suck, and there's one Darren that stands up, and her name is Glenley, and she's like. Well, why don't we scare the Marsonians away and then we'll sail south and join Vix's human leader? And someone's like, Well, fine, Glenly, go scare the Marsonians away then. And then they laugh at her. And she's like, These fuckers. Um, and Bix is like, Worry not, friends. I can deal with the Marsonians. And no, mm-hmm. nobody challenges her on this because they can tell she's not lying and she actually believes she can do it. Um, and Glenly. Yep which is cool. Um, Glenn, That's badass. Yeah. Uh, Glenley asks how she's going to do that, and Bix is about to answer, but then she feels her stomach whining and determines she will figure it out after dinner. <laughs> I make all my best decisions after dinner, too. That's not true. <laughs> you can't come up with a plan to blow up a ship on an empty stomach. Let's go eat some rancid fish. <laughs> Yay. Except that I can't wait to eat fucking slimy ass cloudy eyed old weak ass fish (laughs) and the only reason (laughs) that they don't actually end up doing that is because they feel bad taking food from the darens so they eat from their own stores allegedly allegedly Uh, they're like yeah we don't there's no way they didn't take one look at that yeah yeah no we don't want your rank fish no nasty starvation fish Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Bix and Tobble are like, what the fuck are we going to do? And Bix is like, Tobble, do you think Kara's all right? And he's like, yes, she's all right because she is Kara. Um, And she wants to believe him, but she can't help but feel this entire journey was maybe a waste of time. And she's like messing with the fire. And she watches as a spark lands on Tobble and he puts it out with his tails and then she gets an idea. An awful idea. The Bix had a wonderful, awful idea. Anyway. I I know it was cheesy, okay? I know. But I love that the chapter title was... Oh, what what was the exact words they used? Like a... 
it was like absurdly preposterous and audacious and quite possibly preposterous yes i love that that was the chapter title and i love that they used it like three fucking times i know so cheesy but so good Uh, it was good it was delightful so delightful um so she workshops with sabido and she asks him about updrafts which are columns of rising heat that birds can soar off of (laughs) thermals were you dying for them to say yes i was you know i was oh I was di- I was like, say it, say it, say, say it, it. And then like, no, it's a warm, warm updraft. Catherine, say thermal. Say thermal. Just say thermal. Oh my god, you can't do this to me, god, Catherine. Such fucking nerds. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All of us nerds. All of us are fucking nerds. Okay. We're nerds. Bird nerds. <laughs> Bird nerds. That's nuts. Um. So she's like, if you had enough, a high enough column of air, could you carry Tobble and glide? And he's like, just tell me what your fucking plan is. Um, so she tells them the plan, and he says the plan is audacious and possibly even preposterous, but he's definitely in. Um, <laughs> and Tobble is also in, but he's groaning about it. Um, Bix gathers the rest of the Darrens and explains the plan to them, and they begin to argue with her, but she argues back. And Tobble sneaks out and comes back with one of the saddlebags. And uh, Bix remembers the gifts that Kara sent for her to give the Darrens. This was so weird. It was literally like Tobble sneaks out. Like, literally, they're arguing. And Tobble goes and gets presents. And then, like, Bix is like, here's some presents. And they're like, we love you. You can do whatever you oh want Oh, my now. God. It's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> like, this could feed the village for a year. Um, Which, again, is just, like, they're disappointing people. Like, give me shit and I'm on your side. Yeah! Oh, my God, free pens. Yay! People love swag. <laughs> people do love swag. Like, I get it. I love swag, for sure. Like, crowns but, and jewels yeah. and cakes and creams. Cakes and creams. <laughs> cakes and creams. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Sabido tells them that he would trust Bix with his life and Tobble says that he has trusted Bix with his life and the Darrens know this to be the truth and they agree to the plan but yeah it was mostly because of the presents yay Yay! it's because of the presents it's they're like we brought you a bunch of free pens and stress balls and they're like we'll do whatever you want t-shirts I'm in uh, so the next day, the Darrens put up a temporary bridge over the gap in the trail that the pack horse beefed it in, um, and they give Bix a boat, which turns out to be Figton's old boat. What the fuck is this boat called? Um, Figton's... Figton, uh, Figton's Folly. Figton's Folly, that's right. Uh, and they're like, we don't like the word folly. We don't like it. It's a bad word. It's a bad word. We don't want to have a folly. <laughs> but they do want to have a folly at the end of the day, honestly. Nice folly for everyone. They do. Yeah, they don't want their plan to go awry, but their plan is to create a folly. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, It's the only point I have is this one. <laughs> uh, they stuffed that shit with straw. Lots of straw. And 
there's a boring conversation that Tobble has with an old sailor about tides and winds, and I didn't bother writing it down. <laughs> it was so boring. <laughs> this has been my favorite part of the recap so far. No. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, no. I love this so much. Matt would be so disgusted with me. You know what? <laughs> he's he's a little lamb celebrant. He's a little bar goes the lamb. <laughs> the lamb goes bar. Uh, yeah. Uh, sailing jargon. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> after. <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Okay, yeah. Midnight. Villagers come together, gather around the beach. Tobble climbs onto the boat, and Bix hands him a tinderbox, and he's like, and she's like, you don't have to do this. And he's like, what are you talking about? It sounds like fun, and I want to do it. It's my choice. Bic hug... <laughs> Sorry, Bic? Who's Bic? <laughs> Dick Blick. <laughs> oh my god, they're gonna sue us. They're gonna write us a cease and desist. Oh no, that's fine. I gave them, I gave them enough money. Yeah, fuck him. So yeah, Tobble is presumably going to his death, and Bix is very upset about it. Um, but it's her fucking idea, so here we go. Uh, mm-hmm. d- 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 she leaves the boat. Tobble casts off. He sails towards the Marsonian boats. Sure. And th- Bix just waits in the on the beach with the rest of the Darrens, and they're getting kind of restless. And at one point, the moon comes out, and she sees his boat. Um, and then this yellow flame appears on Tobble's boat, and Bix immediately screams for Sabino, who takes off and flies towards them, uh, and the Marstonians are like, oh shit, and they start trying to haul up their anchor and escape, but, um, Tobble's boat catches fire and rams into theirs, and then their boat catches fire. The wind picks up and blows their boat into the second boat, and it's just like a chain reaction of, of blazing glory. Um... And the Darrens are super psyched about this, and they're chanting Bix's name, and she's like, I don't care about any of this, I just want Tobble to be okay. Um, then Sabino brings him back from his death and drops him into the shallows. The Darrens hold him over the heads, and and he is singed and sooty, but very triumphant. And Sabino is like, I'm the best, because it was very close, but we didn't die, and it's all thanks to me. Um. Yep. <laughs> uh, agreed. Hard agreed. Hard agreed. He was a key part of the plan. An absolute linchpin to this plan. No, is that the right word? Cornerstone. Are they the same? I don't know. I don't think they are. I think cornerstone was the one that I was working for. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, because that's the one that holds the arch together. So cornerstone of this plan, which I don't think is the right use of the word, but here we are. I'll I'll buy it. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, I'm I'm gonna just I'm just gonna look those up real quick while you keep going. Uh, okay. Glenly, uh, congratulates Bix and says the village will be better for what she did, and then the celebrations are halted because they hear the screams and cries of the dying men that are falling off their boats. We foreshadowed this earlier. Um, and then the snow starts falling to beautify the horrible situation. For kids! For kids! Oy. Great news. Linchpin was exactly the correct word. Oh, okay. 
What's the difference between Cornerstone, then? Uh, Cornerstone was exactly what I said it was. It was a very important part of a structure that holds, like, the corner or the arch together. But a linchpin is a vitally important person or an essential element. Okay. So kind of so. vaguely the same thing, just different. Yeah, I think Cornerstone, though, is normally used in, like, reference towards, like, not a person yeah. so much, but more like this is, like, how, this is, like, the foundation of our company or something, like, the cornerstone of our, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's a, more abstract. yeah, exactly. Okay. It's more thingy. More thingy. <laughs> um, so, despite their victories, Bix can't sleep that night because she keeps having nightmares about Tobble burning to death. Um, at one point, yep. <laughs> fucking guilt. It's here. Guilt is burning her alive. Good. Uh, <laughs> horrors of war, my dude. The horrors of war. The PTSD is already starting. Yay. Look as our children get more and more horrified each day. Less innocent. Uh, Tobble wakes her up at some point He's like it was a nightmare go back to sleep I was having a dream about centipede biscuits Which I thought was adorable and it's the only reason I kept it in um, Especially <laughs> Especially because he immediately Falls asleep after I love that so much so cute. You're having a nightmare He's He's not having nightmares About almost dying She's having nightmares about him almost dying mm-hmm. Um she falls asleep again, has a nightmare again, but this time a boat appears on the horizon and uh, Kara, Renzo, Gambler, and Sabino are on it and she is happy and falls into a dreamless sleep. Um, in the morning, they have breakfast with the more important Darren NPCs and Bix says she's going to reconvene <laughs> with Kara. Ugh, I just, I can't be bothered to name all of the Darrens. No, that was I loved that. That was great. Yeah. All the Darren NPCs. Uh, this is where the Darren say they will pledge their support to Kara if she needs it, and they're going to use the money to reinforce the village from enemies, allegedly. Yay! Yay! There was much rejoicing. Great. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And then Bix hugs them, and then they go away. They leave the village. They go back the way they came. Um, Tobble points out that she has gotten larger, and she's like, I don't think that's possible. I'm probably skinnier than ever. And he's like, no, no, no. I mean, like, your personality. You were just a pup when I met you, and now you dwell on dark thoughts and order me to murder a bunch of men in a fireboat. Um... Just how I wanted. Just how I pictured this friendship going when you took me out of that boat. I'm so proud of you and your growth that you've had. I'm so proud of you and your war crimes. <laughs> You're doing great. Friends don't let friends not commit war crimes. Or whatever yeah, that thing whatever was. Yeah, whatever that saying yeah. was. God. <laughs> whatever it was we said that was so intelligent in the Discord. <laughs> uh, and then she's like, you've grown too, Tobble. I don't know if Wabix have heroes, but if they do, you are one of them. Um, travel montage. They go back across the Pelago River and back on the plains. Um, they are low on food and they run out of oats for the horses. And Bix sends Sabino to search for a village so they can buy food. A couple minutes later, he comes back and he screams at them to run. The Rodano's men are coming after them. And he thinks it's the same dudes that captured Maxin. 
And Bix is like, is Max in with them now? And he's like, I don't know. I didn't get a good look. And she's like, well, go back and find out, motherfucker. Um, God, who cares? I don't. I don't. Who cares? Bix? Not me. Yeah, like this whole part, like, is Max in with them? No, we assumed Max in was dead. Yeah, oh, he wasn't. Maxin. He wasn't looking no for cares. that. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. I, I feel like I'm going to forget this thought, so I'm going to say it now. So, yes. Maxon's wrapped in that blanket on the back of the guy's horse, right? Mm-hmm. They run after them. Well, okay, never mind. It's like, okay, but if, if there's a sinister plot going on to get Maxon back with them so he can be a spy, mm-hmm. then it makes sense for them to, like, come after them so they could do the handoff. But they don't actually do the handoff because, like, the dudes come out and then the guys run away. But then the dudes go capture them. So, like, is it worth sacrificing five dudes to plant a spy in the party? You know- oh, absolutely. It's worth five dudes to, like, okay. not five good dudes, but, like, five <laughs> random soldier dudes when you have so many. Yeah. Five cannon fodders. Exactly. Like they would they would risk a hundred guys for this. Okay, okay, okay. Five five guys is nothing. Because like Wait. if there's really only a few of them, it's like why would they run around like they were part of a bigger camp, why would they be running around with like a half dead Darren on the back of their horse? Right. Right. They wouldn't. Right. That makes no sense. Wow. Okay, yeah, I definitely think Yeah. Shit. I don't even know. Third D spy. They're gone. Oh, shit. Yep. Yep. I think that's what's going to happen. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, they're running from the men. Their horses are running on fumes. They're exhausted. Um, Bix does not have a plan. Um, and then one of the soldiers' horses trips. It buys them a minute or two. And then when they look up, they realize there are thousands of armed men riding directly at them from the woods. And Bix is like, well, we are officially fucked. I'm going to die fighting. And she draws her her sword. And Tobble's like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Um, the soldiers that were chasing them decide to run away. And she starts attacking the giant onslaught of soldiers before her. And she's like, I'm going to take these bastards down with me, which is very Rachel of her. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's a man with this long streaming red hair which is an amazing visual <laughs> I'm picturing like six foot long just like hair just like gliding up from the back of his helmet yes uh, muscular huge dude yeah. fucking luxurious flaming red locks streaming out behind oh him oh my god like like um like Sinbad is that the right one Sin- no who am I thinking of not Sinbad. Who am I thinking of? The guy that got hit in the face with a bird on the roller oh, coaster. Oh, Fabio? Thank you, Fabio. Yeah, Fabio hair. With red, longer hair. Yes. Red yes. hair. Luxurious. I'm glad that you knew exactly what I was talking about when I said, you know the guy that got hit <laughs> the in guy the face with a bird on the roller coaster. The guy took a seagull to the face or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah, long red hair. 
beautiful man. Um, she attacks him and he just bats the sword out of her hands. And she's like, all right, motherfucker, just kill me. And he's like, no, I don't want to kill you. I want to rescue you <laughs> unless there's some other dog-like creature in the company of a Wabig. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, are you not Bix of the Darrens? The lady, Karasan, will be pleased. And they find out that Kara used to call herself the, er, calls herself the lady of Nadara now. Um, the guy is Varys of Nadara, and he used to be Varys of the Corflees. Um, the captain of the troop drops up, and Varys is like, this is Bix of the Darrens. And Bix is like, no, I am Bix of Nadara. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Because they're farming a free nation of Nadara against Muradano, because he sucks. Yep. And I support it. Whee! I'm into this movement. Mm-hmm. I support this movement. I support. I will send this petition. I will. <sighs> Unless, of course, I'm in the middle of an evil plan. Evil plans. <laughs> um, okay. Last chapter. So yeah. the troops that rescued them find the Murdanos men and capture them. Uh, and they give the blanketed bundle, which is Maxon, to Bix. He is, like, he's fucked up. His face is swollen. He's been beaten. And his hands are bloody and bandaged. And Bix is trying to talk to him, and he, like, can't even believe it's her. Um, mm-hmm. And Tobble's like, I'm gonna go ride with Varys so that you two can ride together. Yes. I know. I'm almost done. Oh my god. Violence that I'm I heard enduring that. over here. That was that was a loud scream. This loud aggression that I have to deal with. Hi. Um <laughs> I'm almost done with this summary. Just chill. Uh so Bix is like, Oh my god, Maxon, I'm sorry for everything you've gone through and she knows she will not be forgiven because she does not deserve it. And he's like, Never say that to me again. You are my leader and I am proud to serve her. Although you can be a little bit of a nag and he smiles at her through his nasty swollen <laughs> face <laughs> so funny so funny haha <laughs> maxim so funny Ooh, i'm so clever um <laughs> so at twilight they reach the camp it is an endless sea of white tents with cooking fires and supplies and horses and bards and all that shit um it is daunting and oddly cheerful uh, a couple of soldiers help support Maxon, and Varys leads them to a tent in the center. Bix and Tob will approach the opening, and Kara and Gambler come out, and they look weary, but are unharmed and fine. Bix says, Bix of Nadara reporting for duty, and Tobble says, Tobble of Nadara reporting as well. Kara looks like she's going to mm-hmm. cry, and she says they're just in time to stop a war and save the world, and she gives Bix back her, her fucking stone, her little rock. Uh, and then they turn around and they see Renzo with dog. Renzo's fucking eating a drumstick and drinking out of like a tankard. And he's like, it's about time. What took you so long? And that's the end of this book. That fucking entrance though, what? by Renzo. What a champion. What, what a man. What a man. What a man. What a man. What a mighty good man. You got it. You took the words right out of my Perfect. mouth. Shit. Okay, so riddle me this. Riddle me piss, boys. Yeah. Um, there's a <laughs> lot of people in this world that don't know what Darren's are. Yeah. Which I find yeah, weird. Yeah. Very weird. Because they are 
a governing species. And yes, they've been like gone for a really long time, but like saber tooth tigers have been ex- extinct for a really long time, but we still know what they are. So why doesn't or like better yet, nobody's seen Articuno in like 150 years, but we still know what a fucking Articuno right! is. Right. Like Something I was thinking about earlier, it's like, why don't more people know what Darren's are and think that Darren's are Uneducated. dogs? Yeah, like, I don't, like, if there was some sort of, like, effort to, like, rewrite history or, like, heavily skew history mm-hmm. to be like, oh, yeah, Darren's were a governing species, like, a thousand years ago, but they're all extinct and they have been for a while. And, like... Like, I don't know. It just, it strikes me as really weird that she can say, like, oh, I'm a southern feel of it. And they're like, oh, well, I guess. Okay. Like. I guess you are. I don't know what a southern feel of it looks like. It just seems weird to me, you know? Yeah, that is weird. Especially because they had a whole fucking festival about it in in the, which I guess was, like, a city of education and, like, scholars and blah, 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 blah. So I guess they would know more, but, yeah. like, still. Because there's probably some, like, extinct animals that, that I am not aware of. But, like, if Darren's are held at such a high esteem for so long, you'd think people would fucking know what they right. look like. It's not like we're talking about, like, name all the dinosaurs here. Yeah. It's like, name something that's semi-relevant to your lifetime. Right. Anyway. That's just a a snark I had. No, it's great. I love it. Because, like, I think that's where my train of thought went with, like, okay, they captured Maxon, they took him back to camp, they beat the shit out of him. Then, like, you'd think they would eventually figure out that he's a Darren. Yeah, you'd think. But, I mean, I don't even know why they beat him up, honestly. Like, unless all of his injuries were from the tumble with the horse landing on top of him. Maybe. I mean, I kind of assumed they were torching him for information. Like, that's kind of what I assumed as well. But, like, what information like i guess they wouldn't know and that's probably why he got so beat up was because he wasn't giving them anything that they wanted to know because he probably didn't have anything they wanted to know but like i don't know it's so weird the whole thing's weird yeah i and like if uh sorry if the if the kisar um is in control why would you like you don't know what the relationship is with the southern filibets like why would you do that if you're serving that master yeah I don't know. There's, I don't understand the motivation quite yet. Yeah. And, like, I was convinced... Before I read this part, I was convinced that Maxon was going to end up being, like, the Murdano's personal Darren. Like, his truth-telling Darren. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I still guess could be true if, if Maxon really is, like, a spy planted. Mm-hmm. But... Which, like, he could have been a spy from the beginning. Because we found him on an island with his dad. And they were doing some shady shit. Where he was literally a fucking spy collecting information and selling it to the bat. Like, literally, it's one of those things where, like, he told you up front, yo, I'm a spy, I sell information to the bad guy. And they're like, oh, he's a dare. He's a dare. Yay. 
I'll melt his No, he's a heart. fucking spy that sells information to the bad guys. Maybe that's why I'm, it was initially sus of him. I don't know. I just, I hate it. And I feel like there's a really common thing that I'm missing. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I was disappointed that he came back. I was like, oh, but I thought. Me too. I thought you were gone. I just wanted him to be dead. I didn't want him to be dead. I just wished he was dead. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I don't know. I agree with Tobble. He should be gone. I don't. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried too. I don't. I don't think that Maxon is is a good guy. I don't either. Like TM TM, one of the good guys. He's a bad guy. Duh, doo, 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 doo. That's a song. Since we're going off the rails, okay. it has been extremely hard this entire book. Every time you said Maxon, not to say chillax and relax. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You could have partaken. Oh no! I've so, held out until now, out. but Max I I feel like you need to know. I feel like we're there. Shooting some people upside at school. Do, do, do. Anyway, everyone knows the song. Um, what else in West? Nice in the mirror. I honestly got out all of my major thoughts up front. Honestly. Okay. I'm... I couldn't not talk to you about this. Okay. Good. Um, you... I am... As much as I wasn't sure about the fact that Kara managed to assemble all of the troops that she... <laughs> that she did in, like, two weeks' time, maybe. Um, I am excited that we are reunited with the group so quickly. Yes. I was not expecting to see them again until like partway through the third book. I honestly was not expecting to see them until like the end of the third book. Yeah. Like the battles are over. They've come from two different sides. Like Bix rode up onto wherever the like last siege was. Yeah. And they meet up after like with the ruins of the the world around them. That is. Yeah. yeah. But I'm glad they met up because I like them together. Yeah. Found families. Found families hey. doing stuff together. Hang forever in a forever. Tent, turkey legs. Shorms forever doing together. stuff together. <laughs> Scoop boys. I don't know if you were around for that conversation. Scoop there. Oh, I was. Uh, I was creeping in the background creep. watching the Scoop boys. I don't know what this voice is. <laughs> is it the vampire? No. It's kind of the vampire no, again. Get, out of here. get me out of this vampire Swedish man okay. thing. What else? What else? I'm excited for. Uh, do we have any theories about the next book that we haven't discussed already? Other than Maxon's probably bad. No, Maxon's definitely bad. Yeah. I, I, we already know we ship Bix with yes. Glen, Glenwin. Glenly. Yeah. Glenly. Yes, we, we need a girlfriend for Bix. Um, yeah. Tobble will officiate their wedding. Or maybe Gambler would officiate their wedding. Oh I, feel, I feel like Gambler would do it. God, Tobble, Tobble would be the, the best. The best man, yeah. Okay. The best man. Love that. Gambler's officiating. Yeah. No, wait. 
Hold on. Kara would have to officiate as the queen. Oh, that's true. Okay. Okay. Gambler will officiate Renzo and Kara's wedding. <laughs> yes! Like, Gambler's going to be, like, her top trusted advisor. Oh! Oh, speaking of Gambler, I want more Gambler backstory in book three. I want it. I need it. Oh, fuck yeah. I fucking need it. Absolutely. He's going to become Absolutely. king of the Filavets, and they will form an alliance with the new free Nadara. Um, mm-hmm. And Renzo will be the, the first man. Mm-hmm. And... Yep. And what else? First man. Renzo, the first man. First man king. I think. That's it. That's all I got. I guess that's it. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm excited slash sad that we're finishing up this series. Oh, we need to figure out what we're reading after Endling so that that we can obtain books if needed. Unless we want to go right into front lines, which I think we both already have. Um, Yeah, I would love to go into front lines. Okay. Yeah, we figured it out. All right, where can the people tell us their thoughts on Endling the First? Send your fan art of Kara and Renzo to applegrantbookclub <laughs> at gmail.com. Yay! Or anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Or you can tweet it at me at Animorphs Anon or Apple Grant Cast. No. Apple Grant Cast. Uh, I always fuck this up. Apple Grant Cast. Um, Instagram is also Apple Grant Cast. You can Instagram me um, or at Animorphs Anon. Or you can join our Facebook groups, which we have, of course, our Animorphs Anonymous and our Andalite Bandalites. But we also do have an Apple Grant Book Club Facebook page, which a few people have started to join. It's very exciting. Yay! Mm-hmm. And... Uh, shit. Where can they talk to us? Uh, they can talk to us on a Discord server <laughs> that we have, an Animorphs Anonymous Discord server. If you want the link to that, you can hit us up on any of our socials or email us. We'll get you the link. Um, there's some really cool people in there, and we just had a bunch of people join this week, which is really exciting. Um, mm-hmm. And we all just kind of hang out. And Oh, we started a new channel, which I'm very excited about, um, that Static invented. It's like gif uno so you post a gif and then people have to post like a related gif underneath and it's just this big long chain of of silly gifs and it's great um Mm -hmm. so that's been fun and yeah uh also if you want to listen to archived episodes of animorphs anonymous those go up every wednesday on our our youtube channel that we (sighs) share with our cadmus crisis buddies and you can find that on YouTube at Strong Shape International. Every Wednesday, Animorphs Anonymous recap episodes. Relive the series and um, do it that. And also listen to Cadmus Crisis. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? The YouTube stuff, like, it's, I feel like it's worth checking out just because you can see Casey's awesome art on it. And it's amazing. Our awesome art. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I did the background. <laughs> yes. Oh shit! You contributed. <laughs> I contributed, guys. Give me a participation award. Stat. <laughs> sick bear um, behind Rachel's right. head. Sick. Well, speaking of participation awards, um, I am doing a Patreon for Casey at ten thousand dollars a month. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's putting the cart ahead of the horse. Would you tell me why I'm doing a Patreon for you? Well, the, the Patreon in question is for my webcomic that I make and draw that is called Beside You. Um, you can read it for free at bsideyoucomic.com. It is also on Tapas and Webtoons. Um, if you do want to patron me as well and help support the comic, um, you can enter into smaller paywalls of $1 a month and $5 a month. You will get sketch work in progress pages and uh, early access comic pages. I am many, many, many weeks ahead of schedule. So you get to see early comic before anyone else does. Um, and... <laughs> You can talk more about the Slater cast, I guess, if you want. I think we've covered it pretty extensively. Um, for I don't think we have. <laughs> um, for context, um, Slater is a character in the comic that has a very small and very... Um, uh, rabid. Rabid, rabid fan, fan base. base um, so, which is greatly appreciated. <laughs> He's a very polarizing character, so we, we love validation. He's he's amazing. And listen, I'm going to tell you why you should become a patron, but I'm going to do it in a way where I don't actually tell you why you should become a patron. I'm just telling you right now, fucking join now because there's some shit coming down the pipeline that I have seen because I have privileged information <laughs> and you're going to want to fucking see it. So get on that Patreon because it's... It's going to be great, you guys. You're going to want to see it. And I'm going to talk about it when it's released in detail. And get on that fucking train before it departs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. It's, you guys, it's content capital c content. content speaking of content i want to hear your voice more that's it <laughs> more more than the 20 hours a day you listen to yes. me <laughs> i hear you do other place podcasts that have your voice in it and say things where what are those tell me Oh my god, boy, boy, do I do other podcasts that I talk on. Let's start with From Cadmus to Crisis, SSA Superboy podcast. Those are the ones we mentioned earlier about being on YouTube with. Whee! And that is where we talk about Superboy, the comic from the 90s. I do that with David and Drew, who have been on Animorphs Anonymous. No spoilers for Animorphs, but they were on... Megamorphs 2, Drew was, and then they both did Alternomorphs with us, which was a very fun episode. The second Alternomorphs. Um, so yeah, you can come listen to that. Um, if you love uh, other Animorphs fans talking about horses instead of Animorphs, then uh, you can come listen to Horse Girls, which I do with Jenna and Tim. And it is super fun. We are all Animorphs fans, but honestly, we just kind of go buck wild. It's the most awesome podcast I do, and I love it so much. Buck wild. It's, it's, yeah. Buck wild. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. You like yep. that? Yep. <laughs> so gallop on over. <laughs> yeah. So check out Horse Girls. It's it, honestly the most. It's like watching like a car accident repeatedly. It's amazing. <laughs> if a horse were driving a car. If a horse were driving a car 
and then did it badly. That's kind of what Horse Girls is. You can't look away. It's it's just mesmerizing. Um, so yeah, and then if we want to skew back into the more serious stuff, I am on an Animorphs AU World Dungeons and Dragon Beans. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Fuck, I fucked that up. Dungeons and Dragons podcast called <laughs> Dungeons and Draken Beams. You see now how I fucked that up so badly. <laughs> the words are similar. It's a play on Dungeons and Dragons. We just say Draken Beams instead. Or if you're Austin, you say Dungeons and Draken Beams. I can't do a Southern accent. I'm so sorry. Dracon. Dracon Beams. I can't do a Southern accent. I'm sorry, Austin. I tried my best. Don't at me. Um... Anyways, uh, yeah, I, I play Dungeons and Dragons with friends, and we are all our, our own terrible, terrible Animorphs children, and uh, it's awesome. So we, we stream on Twitch so you can watch it live, or we release the podcast on opposite weeks. It's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. Um, there's If you're in the Discord, you might recognize some people on there. Uh, and yeah, it's a great time. Also, there's... We fuck around and... Yeah. There's a dog named Possum. He's the best. My dog Possum. Your dog Possum. Yeah. It's like my dog Skip, yeah, except the last dog doesn't we... die. Oh, spoilers for my dog Skip. Yet. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Yeah, there's no guarantee Possum will live, though. No! You can't kill Possum. It's against the rules. It's not up to me. I don't I, make the rules. I, will, I don't even know the rules. I will harass Austin. I'll be like, Possum needs clemency. Do not, do not do this. Sanction- oh, do you think that I won't be showing up at Austin's house? Like, yeah. Ready to throw down if he hurts Possum. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm there with you. Cause... <laughs> You're coming with... Okay, here's what's going to happen. If Austin hurts Possum... You're going to meet me there. Corey's going to meet us there. I'm going to meet you guys there. We will break into Austin's house. We will threaten him within an inch of his life. If he doesn't bring Possum back, we burn down the whole town. Okay. That seems fair. Scorched earth policy. It seems fair. It seems like the thing that we should do. All right. It's a plan. I'm immediately assuming that Corey's in because Grant also admitted that he loves Possum. Grant loves Possum. It's... Grant fucking loves possum. <sighs> okay. So anyways, to find out what the fuck we're talking about, check out at Pod on Twitter. <laughs> or check out our Twitch stream, which is uh, CZ Drop. So it's twitch.tv slash CZ Drop, which is S-E-E-Z-Y-D-R-O-P. And that's how to find that. And I think, finally, that's everything that I am on. Thank you to Jess for our theme music, which is awesome, and I love it, and I love it. Uh, Yay! Yay. It's Reese, is how to find her if you want to check out more of her music, and I suggest you do, because there's this awesome awesome gothic cathedral-y song with this super awesome drop on SoundCloud. It's amazing. It's my favorite song. Like, I will listen to that in the car, and like all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going 70 miles an hour in a 30 because I'm so ready to rage! Yes. It happens. All right. <laughs> I'm going to pee my pants. Okay. Well, bye. Bye. <laughs> Good day. Oh, no. <laughs>